This is Feed, Play, Love, a podcast especially for the parents and carers of small children. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. Over the years, I've spoken to some really interesting people about parenting, and this next interview is one from our collection. I hope you enjoy it. It's estimated that around one in five families in Australia are step families. That means there are thousands of couples nationwide who choose to blend their families together by sharing a house and a life. Each family, of course, comes with its own history. There may be another parent somewhere, there is extended family, each member of the family has their own likes and dislikes, and of course, the children can be of all different age ranges and stages of development. So how do you successfully combine all of this under one roof? Dr. Julie Green is an executive director of Raising Children Network, and Georgie Smart has her own blended family. Hi, ladies. Welcome. Thanks, Siobhan. So, Georgie, let's start with you. Can you tell us about your family? Who currently lives under your roof? Okay, so there's Matt and I, who met a year and a half ago. Uh, There are six kids, four of mine, who are 18, 16, 14 and 9. And then Matt's two girls who are 9, 8 and 11 currently. So three small ones, three big ones. (laughs) And I understand there are a few pets as well. Yes, three cats, two cats now and a dog. (laughs) Passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. But that's okay. It was a very bonding moment for a big family anyway. (laughs) Uh, A big family. That's huge. And why did you decide to live together? Uh, It came down to logistics for us. We had two houses, kids going back and forth, deciding to go to the pool. Okay, we'll go to your house to get the bathers from there. Then we'll go to my house to get the bathers from there. And then when we got it was just a bit nuts. And economically, it made sense for us both to sort of pull it in together. And we we loved each other. We wanted to hang out more. And when you've got lots of kids in tow, it, it just made sense. I had my kids 80% of the time at that point. And so... It just made made sense that we pulled it all together. And Julie, do you find that that is a a big reason for families to come together is actually just on pure practical reasons? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, What Georgie's outlined there is probably one of the most common reasons for families to decide to um, combine their families, just financial reasons, practical reasons. And also that decision comes from a commitment that they do want to to build a new family together and um, and they choose a time that's right for them. So here's this, the tricky thing, right, Georgie? So you met Matt online. Mm-hmm. You liked him. Yeah. You had a nice relationship. Yeah. <laughs> And obviously that is the start of a blended family is that um, coupling and that love and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, How do you move forward from that in terms of where his kids fit into your life and your kids fit into his life in the sense that there's never a guarantee that you're going to like the person's kids Mm. or that your kids will like their kids and vice versa. Mm. How much do you have to think about that before you move in together? Look, that's big. And I think, to be honest, going you go back a bit and when you even meet somebody, that's part of it. You know, I met a guy who had a two-year-old little girl and I went, it's really nice, but that's it's it's those little things aren't going to work. So when I've got three boys and one girl, when I met Matt, it was two girls, I was like, tick, that's good. (laughs) And then, of course, we fell in love with each other. Why was that a tick? Well, it was just balanced it out a bit. Okay, the gender balance was good. Yeah, the gender balance. So it was, and the age group worked well. You know, I had a five-year gap with my nine-year-old and then he's got 
two girls that fitted around that age. It just all sort of worked, like, looked like it would work. And, of course, once I met his kids, we met each other's kids separately on our own before we introduced the kids. So I met his girls, he came and met my kids. Because that was an important part, like, do we like each other's kids? And we both did, and we both realised... Phew! Yeah, it was a bit of a phew. Um, we both realised that we did things the same way. And one of the reasons Matt and I did click is because he had 50% care of his kids from the beginning. So he was on the case, on the job, and I like that. And that's what works still. We're both very parent oriented people and value that time and that job and spending it with each other and with the kids yeah, I'm imagining absolutely did you plan it were there any in, in obviously you met each other's kids you decided that you could mm. work as a family but in terms of actually moving into a house mm. did you have any ground rules for the kids or any steps that you took to try and make it easier for yeah. you? Yeah, well, we moved to a neutral house, which I think was a really good trick. Um, we rented, so we could easily, both renting, so we could move to a new place. We got a big place. We got five bedrooms, and we specifically gave the older three their own room because they, my kids had been on their own with me for six years, so they, I just felt they needed a bit of space to accept all of this. And the three little ones were just so excited to be together and huddling around and jumping on the trampoline that we put them in a big room together with their own little corner and that's gone really well I think that was the main thing and and just we moved in separately like they moved in first we came in next we we involved the kids in the actual moving the designing of the house where we should put things and we just did it that way and it's worked pretty well we've had our few issues because it seems like there must be so I mean, every child is different. So when you've got a, such a large family that's coming together, there are so many different levels of um, emotion and thought and understanding that go- goes on. Julie, is there any things that, that people can think about, you know, for people who might want a few pointers? Uh, well, I think there's a lot in what Georgie has just outlined in terms of some planning investing in um, the beginning of building a relationship with a partner's other children. I mean, it takes time to get used to being in a step family, even, um, well, especially in the first year, which is when it's probably the most challenging. A lot of families feel that things have started to settle down by about the two-year mark. But as you said in your introduction, there's so much going on and it's important that the couple invest time in their relationship with one another, that the biological or original parent still spends time with their own child or children, as well as spending time with their partner's children. So there's a lot of relationship building and it won't all happen at once. So it can be good just to pick a few things to focus on in those early um, months or in the first couple of years. And by and large, relationships do develop. I mean, they don't always gel as people might um, hope for, but often there's a, you know, those warm relationships do develop over time. I mean, we are told a lot, Georgie, as parents about the importance of the relationship with your partner. Mm-hmm. And this is the second time you're having a family with someone else. It's always hard when you have kids to find time for that person. Mm. I can't imagine how hard it is with six. I mean, is that something that you and Matt work 
on? Yeah, well, look, we have a fortunate situation at the moment where the other kids do go out at the same time to their other parent. It was a bit of a logistical operation. It doesn't always work, but we do get the odd date night, sort of every fortnight. And because my older teenagers are older and can stay home, we do get to disappear and go out for dinner and have some time together, which is really good. And we really need that. And the other thing we've got a lot better at is um, we both would want to go off and huff when something's not working. But we just, I go, I know you want to go, but we have to work this out now. It's time now. Yep. And I'm I'm a lot more efficient. We're a lot more efficient at, at working through those things. Because you have to be? Yeah, yeah. And just the last weekend, it's a living, breathing example of, you know, that sort of stuff. Jobs, children, some kids, he expectations of, of my children and they should be doing more jobs because they're bigger and, and expectations that his children should be tidier and all of these sort of things that come up. And we do. We make time. We walk around and get a coffee and we say, we've got to work this out now. Let's go. Which is a really <laughs> nice practical way of doing it because even with children who aren't big enough to do mm. their own jobs and with someone that I've started my family with, I or, we already find that hard mm. when the boring, practical, yet highly irritating things intrude on your relationship. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's tough. Well, and there's a, just a lot of a lot of washing and <laughs> it's insane at our house and it's really, I've started working, like I was explaining to you um, off air and I've really, we've had to get them in to help and it's it's teaching them, you know, taking initiative, looking at the roster. We tried to do it without a roster and then we decided we just need a roster. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Never underestimate the power of an Excel Big spreadsheet. spreadsheet on the wall in the kitchen. Um, and, but they actually, they really do like it. They go to it and say, oh, you're on dishwasher, so-and-so, come on, dishwasher. Um, and it works. It works. And it means that we are feeling a bit less pressured and... But it's not always perfect, I might add. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, why didn't you take the washing off line? I fell asleep in front of the TV. <laughs> you know, and Matt's huffing around going, <laughs> and, you know, it's not always rosy. But, <laughs> but do you see, Julie, that um, this kind of um, really practical, I mean, it seems to be a word that's coming up a lot, but mm. um, this sort of practical upfront planning is a is helpful for step families? Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, one the big ticket item is communication, communication, communication. And if the two adults can work at being on the same page about uh, about family routines and jobs and so on, that can take away a lot of that day to day pushback around what's fair because we know kids have the best radar in the world for picking up what's fair and what's not. So uh, a routine that's stuck up on the fridge can be a fantastic way of just being clear about what needs to be done in a family and remove that, uh, at least that layer of tension that, that, let's face it, is generally in all families. And it's also, you know, it can really foster teamwork and lots of other skills about taking responsibility for things in the household. And Georgie, what's been the most challenging thing about having your two families together? Uh, I think there, there's been a, a few. Obviously, it's not always great. At the this issue that we we're just discussing about jobs and who does what and who's old enough to do stuff is being big um, because I've got the older children and and we both had routines of of 
um, operations beforehand. For example, I when I was on my own with the kids, we would have dinner and then I'd send them off to have showers and I'd do the dishes. And it was my downtime. I just quite liked it. I'd pour a glass of wine, I'd put the radio on, I'd wash the whole kitchen. <laughs> and now when we moved in together, it's like, why are you doing the dishes? You know, that's, you know, you, 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 you know, you don't need to do those. And I'm like, well, I quite like it. So, but, you know, we then realised that we needed to engage the children in doing these jobs because there was more dishes. And, you know, um, we wanted to sit and have a chat. I had someone to chat to now after dinner. And that was your way of unwinding. Yeah, so we had to sort of, I had to retrain my children to do more of the jobs that I'd sort of taken on doing. And a bit of retraining yourself too, yeah, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. So that's, but also we, we put them into teams. We, we sort of pick, we sort of strategically worked out the good teams and, and it's actually caused great relationships for them to do stuff together. Mm. And of course, what would happen, the little ki- the big kids would say, well, the little kids don't do enough. I end up doing it all. So we then realised we had to teach the little kids how to actually do it. So one of us would go in and do it with them and show them. And, and it, all these little things have been. But the biggest is probably one of my kids is not loving it. She's basically not, you know. And we've gone out and got some external help for that. She's having a chat to somebody on the outside, which is a really good mechanism. And then I went and sat in with that recently and had a chat with the um, the therapist that she's chatting to and it was a really good thing that she taught me and she said to Stella you need to um, teach Matt how you want to be treated it's your responsibility to say how you want what you want to happen to you and that was a really great way of sort of saying well I just little things like he's his stupid dad jokes or he's she goes oh you know But all other things that have come up, and it's just a really important thing. It's something we're not taught up. We're not taught how to do, to say, I don't like it when you do that. Can you not do that? Because it really is annoying. Or the, the other kids, even she feels like she can't say it to the other little kids because he'll get cross with it. She's telling his kids off. And so we've had to, so she's had to say, I, you know, speak to them and say, I want to tell them off when they're not ready for school. I don't like it that they're disorganised, and then you yell at them because they're running late. and... She's really efficient and organising out the door and gets frustrated that we're all running around finding shoes and hairbrushes <laughs> and she wants to be involved but she thinks that that's... So we've just worked through those sort of routines and making things, talking to each other. Again, it's all about communication. It's like putting your hand up and saying, I'm not happy. And is that hard for you because um, as much as um, when a family comes together, you probably learn to love the other, the, your partner's children as, as mm. well as your own. But, of course, they are your kids. You were alone with them for a very long time. Was it hard for you to see her upset? Yeah, it was. There's a part of me that goes, uh, you know, come on, just I'm happy. You know, she did say, I want to go back to how it was. And was was me and the boys and her. And I sort of was really honest with her and I said, we had some great times, but it was also really hard. You know, I really struggled on my own. I struggled being lonely. I struggled with money. This is good for me as well. And I know you're not 100% happy, but we need to work out a way to make you happy in this. And it's working. You know, it's working. She took him, he took her off to the markets on the back of his motorbike the other day and she got off and said, that was really cool. (laughs) (laughs) And little connections, you know, and and it's about time, as Julie said, it's about time together. Uh, One of my boys got a new bed on the weekend and was an Ikea bed and I said to him you need to do this yourself now because if you do this you can do anything (laughs) (laughs) and he looked at me and said 
do I really? Will you help me a bit? Here's, here's your passage to manhood right here, building an Ikea yeah. bed. I said you're 14. But Matt said, I'll help you if you help me do this. And they did it together and it was really, it was really good. Mm. It was really positive. Ladies, thank you so much for speaking with us this afternoon. Pleasure. Thank you. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.